are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Monday, which means Locked On Texans is back with another episode of Locked On Texans. Thank you guys for joining in. Of course, I'm John, some sports guy Hickman, and I can't do this show Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday without my man. Cody Davis, and today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car would ever need, rockauto.com. Ladies and gentlemen, we are literally two weeks away from the start of the 2020 NFL season in which your Houston Texans will kick off against the Kansas City Chiefs at Arrowhead Stadium. And, um, you know, before we talk about the season and everything, we actually want to talk to you guys about a couple things on today's episode first and foremost ladies and gentlemen today marks the one-year anniversary when your general manager and head coach bill o'brien just went totally trade crazy he dealt Davion Clowney. he got us carlos Hyde, laramie tunsil kenny steals John and myself thought it would be kind of fun later on in the show to do a then and now, what we thought about the trade then versus what we think about it now. Um, And also, John, remember last week when when you and I had a discussion about Charles Amanihu, and I say that you was a homer and the fact that I felt that you were showing favoritism because he was from UT? I remember. Um, let me just say I apologize because yesterday, as a matter of fact, we had an opportunity to talk to him during his media availability. And um, after everything that he said, and from what I saw in training camp, I'm starting to turn into a believer. I apologize. So we're going to get into that later on. But ladies and gentlemen, yesterday, big news happened. Of course, as you guys know, the Houston Texans and inside linebacker Zach Cunningham agreed to a four-year extension worth 58 million 23 fully guaranteed um and this contract actually makes Cunningham the 10th highest linebacker in the league if I'm not mistaken he's the third highest inside linebacker with a total of 14.2 million per year so you know what's funny 10 days ago the discussion about Cunningham's contract extension came up he was asked about it and Cunningham gave the general, you know, I'm here for right now. I want to be a Texan. I'm going to let my agent handle those things. And and Bill O'Brien um, actually came out and said how much he wants Cunningham to be a part of this team in the near future. <laughs> that was 10 days ago. And ladies and gentlemen, both of those guys got everything that they wanted. So Zach Cunningham is a Houston Texan for at least the next four years. So, John, I'm going to start with you. What are your thoughts about Cunningham? receiving that huge deal and becoming, I want to say possibly the second, maybe third most important factor of this defense moving forward. Yeah, honestly, I think you can look at Zach Cunningham and where he is now in his career compared to what everybody else is in their career right now, because I know what everybody's out there thinking. J.J. Washington, number one. Zach Cunningham is now Mm -hmm. the number one uh, leader for that Texans defense. And it's okay to say that. Drafted in 2017, the second round, in three years, in his 46 career games, 
He has 339 tackles, three forced fumbles, three fumble recoveries, two sacks, and an interception. Last year, led the league. Uh, I'm sorry, last year led the AFC in tackles and still somehow didn't make a Pro Bowl. That really uh, <laughs> was a head scratcher for me. But Zach Cunningham is the most important person on this defense. Still young, still very good. And I'll tell you this. We also discussed him in the uh, pass rusher, right? We talked about what he can improve on and how he wants to improve on every level he can. He still hasn't reached his peak yet, right? He's very talented, very young. And first of all, congratulations. I mean, the news broke on a Sunday. I, I don't know if he was in church or what, or did he just talk to God and say, uh, you know, I'm waiting for the, yay, though I walked through the valley of shadow and death. I'm not fearing no contract extension because I know I'm going to get it. And it was delivered, but he is the very most important person on this defense. And, and I think it's very important to lock him in for the next four years, presumably the next four years. God hope, I hope nothing happens with a new DC and Anthony Weaver. The Texans are really big on what they believe Anthony Weaver can bring to this team. Uh, we know the time that he spent under the Jets, uh, Romeo Cornell, and Romeo Cornell and just both, they have those defensive mindsets. And so he he learned a lot. He's still young. Houston is very big on him. I'm actually big on him, too. I, I think he has an opportunity, especially uh, going into this year with a lot of different players, a lot of different um, versatile guys on that defense that he can use and create this exotic type of defense that we heard from him a few months back. Getting Cunningham locked in and allowing him the opportunity for the next four years to grow with Anthony Weaver, because I wouldn't necessarily say under Anthony Weaver. These two guys, you know, Cunningham's career really is just getting started. Anthony Weaver is a first-year D.C. Having them uh, grow together, that is what I'm looking forward to. And uh, I mentioned, also mentioned a couple weeks ago, maybe it was last week, I think it was last week, how Bernardrick McKinney uh, is now maybe expendable. I think now that you have locked up uh, Zach Cunningham, and by no means am I pushing for Bernardrick McKinney to get traded, uh, but if something comes up, I think McKinney is now a piece that, okay, well, we need a linebacker. Houston has a linebacker. They have something we want. We have something they want. We can work out a deal. And Again, locking him up for the next four years is big. Also, you mentioned how uh, Bill O'Brien went trade crazy last year around this time, or on this date, rather. Don't forget that we got Jacob Martin. Don't forget we have a lot of these young guys. And Houston has been very good uh, over the course of the last 10 years growing their young guys in this um, franchise organization. So kudos to Zach Cunningham. He truly deserves it. Still a head scratcher. Like I mentioned, why he did not make a Pro Bowl last year when he let the AFC in tackles. But this guy's phenomenal, young, and he deserves his contract. Happy that he got his bag. Pass coverage wasn't really his forte like stopping the run was. You know, he was basically arguably the best run stopper that the Texans had on that side of the ball last year. He even talked about it. He said he wanted to be get better at defending the pass. And he said that he believes that Anthony Weaver, the defensive schemes that he is putting in, is going to help him reach that goal. So 2020, if we get there perfectly, 2020 Pro Bowl, I'm calling it right now, Zach Cunningham. And let's take another aspect, a view of this. 
contract getting taken care of. Bill O'Brien mentioned that he wanted three guys to be around for a very long time. Four years may not seem like a long time. Four years is a long time in the NFL being stable to be with one team, right? And it's it's very interesting to say that he knew all along that um, that Zach Cunningham was going to get his contract, Larry Tunsil was going to get his contract, and he knew all along that if he would have given DeAndre Hopkins a raise, he was not going to hmm. get one of those guys taken care of. And I think he looked at his priority list and said, okay, well, we know who we got to get locked in, right? Watson. And that's going to get taken care of. We know that in order to keep him at his best, we got to get him his best friend taken care of at left tackle. Protection. Okay. But we also know that there is a transition on our defense, a shift of availability for one, a shift of dynamic, uh, uh, just a different change and shift of who's going to be the leader and top dog on this defense. That's, and that's Zach Cunningham, right? He knew that DeAndre Hopkins, as good as he is, was going to mess that plan up for what he has. And I think it's very interesting because, like you mentioned earlier, we are going to talk about Bill O'Brien and the year of craziness that he's put this organization and fan base through, right? But, I mean, he needed to do this. And the deal got done, and I'm happy for him. Uh, also, in training camp, give you guys some training camp news. Kiki QT and J.J. Watt practiced over the weekend. Kiki has been dealing with foot injuries, while J.J., as we talked about last week, is on a uh, what I like to call a work management, workload management. Like if this was the NBA, he would probably management. be a load <laughs> management. Uh, he would probably be a, a L.A. Laker or something like that. Uh, <laughs> however, like rookie, a who? A Clipper? Yeah, there we go, yes, the Clippers. He, he would be a Clipper. Uh, the rookie... Isaiah Kotler, he actually was out over the weekend dealing with a neck strain. Cullen Gillespie is dealing with hamstring problems. Philip Gaines is dealing and nursing an ankle uh, injury. And rookie Jonathan Gennard did not practice. So all of those guys did not practice on Sunday over the weekend. And I know a lot of you guys were looking at possible replacements uh, for Zach Fulton, which I think you guys may need to uh, you know, calm down on that. Uh, but rookie guard Cordell Igagu is having a solid training camp so far. Uh, he is also an undrafted free agent from TCU. we got a couple of TCU guys on the roster. Deshaun Watson and Tim Kelly have been on the same page going uh, into year four. This is Tim Kelly's first full year as a play caller. And if you guys have been keeping up with training camp, Deshaun has been lightening up. It seems like a lot of his throws and passes have a lot more zip towards it, uh, on it rather. He's really mustering it out, but they have been on the same page. You can tell by training camp. You can tell by how Deshaun Watson is in full control of this offense. And it also seems like Tim Kelly is giving him the the extra boost because we already know how great of a quarterback Deshaun Watson is. But it just seems like the offense that Tim Kelly is creating for Deshaun Watson is very Watson-friendly. And I know we're all just hoping for him getting the ball out quicker. I think that's going to happen this year with the type of plays that we're going to be seeing called and the type of receivers that we have all around the board. During training camp, Watson had a, a very good opportunity and did a good job of utilizing his running backs and letting the ball go. Here's also an interesting conversation that I want to put out there. Maybe you guys can discuss it among yourself or tweeters. But DeAndre Carter is having a very good and consistent training camp. 
right? And last year, Carter caught 11 catches for 162 yards. We've been talking about this doghouse. Kiki QT has been in, the Bill O'Brien's doghouse. He's missed practice. He's missed training camp days. Uh, we know how bad it, it got last year. Is there opportunity there for DeAndre Carter to kind of bump Kiki out of where he sits at right now on this wide receiver depth chart and maybe see more of him throughout the year lined up at receiver? I think that's a possibility. I also think there's a possibility that Kiki QT may end up in the AFC East. I would say the team that you guys will call me, uh, 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 I don't know what you call me, a Patriots lover, but I can see Kiki QT getting traded at some point of this season. Hopefully we have all 16 games. And with DeAndre Carter having a very good, consistent training camp, it, it could it's a possibility that we will see more of him this year in this offense compared to QT. Um, so that, I think that's very interesting. Also, Eric Murray, we talked about Zach Cunningham getting his bag. Eric Murray, who was signed in the offseason, who previously played for Kansas City and Cleveland, he has solidified himself as the opposite safety, opposite of Justin Reed. And I also would like to tell you guys that, you know, for the first few games of the season, understand this, the defense is going to struggle. No preseason, no real OTAs, a first-year D.C., and the first time that they're going to play games is against Kansas City and Baltimore. It's going to be very, very difficult, uh, but just take that with a grain of salt. I really believe this Texan defense will get better, and they will have a great year. With every increasing number of makes like Fiat, Kia, and models like Pacifica and XT5, it is now impossible to stock all of your parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidated questioning and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing only the brand his warehouse happens to carry? Come on, guys, we can do better than that. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at your home and in your pocket. One reason to repair and maintain your car is to save money that you can use for other important things like mortgage or food. Why would you choose to spend 30, 50, or even 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or new car dealership? For example, the Delphi FG1456 fuel pump assembly for a 2005 through 2010 Honda Odyssey cost $353. 99 at advance a big chain store but it only costs 216.79 at rockauto.com chain stores have a different price tiering for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers rockauto.com prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices available rather than the changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do rockauto.com is for everybody and does not require a membership or account login go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how do you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com it's always fun hearing from bill o'brien right i mean he's he's, he's always a He's, he's a pretty standard guy with a lot of his responses, but he loves Houston media. Uh, he's he's very fun with them. He, he's not that mean. We've seen coaches be very rude to some of the media members in, in their respective cities, but Bill O'Brien is really a fun interviewee. 
outside of his responses, his responses at times can get very dull and just nothing extra to it. Uh, but we got an opportunity to hear from him yesterday, and he brought up Charles O'Manahue. And, and listeners at home, I got to say this. When a coach says he's almost a different player from last year, I want you guys to understand that as a rookie, you go through rookie mistakes, you go through rookie headaches, you go through rookies, rookie ups and downs. Um, but it's always expected to improve over the course of your rookie year, over the course of an offseason for your second year. But Bill O'Brien has been really big on Omenahu. And I think we need to highlight almost a different player from last year during his entire quote. That's what I took out of there. And that really speaks to a couple of things. Omenahu had put the work in all offseason, working with a lot of the greats, working out with DeMarcus Ware. Uh, We already know the relationship between J.J. Watt and Omenahu. They've been working out together. He's been soaking up a lot of information and game from veterans on his team or across the league. And I think it's time we have a coming out party. Only only his second year had, what was it, three sacks last year, a couple forced fumbles. Very decent for a rookie year. But we talked about what Jacob Martin wants to do, and that's get double-digit sack number. And my only response to that to kind of combat it was, I don't think Jacob Martin would get the playing time to get double-digit sacks. I will credit the fact that he didn't need a lot of time last year to get those three-and-a-half sacks, which is great. But I think we're going to see a very, very different version of Omenahu. Last week you called me a homer because I love my UT boys. But I just think he really brings – I know. But I think he really brings something to this team. He's athletic. He's strong. Let's not forget that he is a guy that played in the Big 12. The Big 12 is known for offense. The Big 12 is known for airing it out. So he's seen quarterbacks. He's seen he, – he has seen Patrick Mahomes in college. He's seen Baker Mayfield in college, and we know how great both of those guys were in college. He's seen offenses that would air it out in his last year. Look how dominant he was. It took him some time. Granted, understandable. But the transition from college to the NFL is different for a lot of players. And sometimes you can get lost in the sauce. What was he, a fourth-round, fifth-round pick? Last year, I can't remember off the top of my head. However, I will say that seeing him willingly go out there, put that work in, obviously, you know, you play this game for a reason. You love the game and you want some money. And in order to get the money that you want, you got to go out there and perform. We get it. But we're going to see a different version of him. Well, I'll say he will have double-digit sacks like what Jacob Martin is predicting. I won't go that far. But I think if we can get between seven and a half, eight and a half sacks, that's a very good year for Charles Omenihu because if he's getting that in the sack numbers, what else is he doing with quarterback hits and quarterback hurries and, and, and maybe a couple more forced fumbles? What else is he doing across the board on defense that eight and a half sacks with everything else, he could really change the Texas priority list. Maybe we don't need J.J. out there as much anymore. right? Well, you also brought it up. Maybe he can be more of a situational guy. If he takes the next step in regards to Amenahu, and I think he will. And Charles also talked about something that I'm starting to catch on when I see players from 
their rookie season to their sophomore season on that defensive side of the ball. And that one thing is a technique. Last week, Ross Blacklock said one of the hardest things that he is trying to get accustomed to as he prepared for his rookie season is trying to position his technique from the collegiate level to the pro level. Knowing that he is struggling with that is something that Charles who also said he struggled with during his rookie season as well. who said it wasn't until towards the end of his rookie season where he started getting accustomed, he started getting the hang of the defensive techniques on the NFL level. He, t- he said this offseason, he worked with J.J. Watt. Of course, I'm pretty sure he worked with DeMarcus Lawrence on it. He said he feels 100% more comfortable in his defensive techniques heading into the second season. That's going to be the number one difference from what we saw in his rookie season versus, his, versus what we're going to see in 2020. And one thing that I love the most about everything that I heard from Charles Omenehu is he has higher expectations for himself than the coaches does. And uh, in his quote, he said, I have extremely higher expectations for myself just coming from myself than probably the coaches do. That's how it has to be. You have to push yourself to a limit that nobody else can push you to. You have to be self-motivated, self-driven, and I have all of that to a T. I think it's definitely something I understand and appreciate, but I mentally try to push myself every day and tell myself that you need to be better. You need to go harder because, like I said, when you're out there as an individual, you understand that everybody on the unit is depending on you to do your job. I definitely understand that, and I try to do that to the best of my abilities. A lot of maturity there in that answer, a lot of realness, reality there in his response, and I'm just, I'm just really hoping that it translates over to a better year. Sack-wise, more playing time, more, more quarterback hits. Maybe he can get an interception or so. Who knows? But but I truly feel that he will impact this Texan defense tremendously this upcoming year. This time last year, literally this time last year, I don't know if you woke up to the news or you got up early or you was already or you already had your phone in your hand. But today marks the one year anniversary of the day that Bill O'Brien just went trade crazy. The day started with him shifting Jadavion Clowney to the Seattle Seahawks. Um, Later on that day, he pulled the plug to get us Laramie Tunsil, Kenny Stills, um, and even also got Carlos Hyde in the trade as well. You know, like I mentioned earlier in the show, after everything that has happened, a whole year has passed since Bill O'Brien took the reign as general manager. John, let's just have some fun, like, what do we think about the trade then? And what we think about these trades now? Because to be honest with you, John, you and I, listeners at home, and let's say at least about 75% of the Texans fan base, owe Bill O'Brien an apology. Because last year, <laughs> outside of the Laramie Tunsil deal, last year, we all thought that Bill O'Brien was crazy. With, especially with the Jadavion Clowney deal. And that's where I'm going to share my thoughts. Back then, I thought for sure that Bill O'Brien made a terrible move by trading, basically trading Jadavion Clowney in the draft pick for Jacob Martin and Barkevious Mingo. Let me just say, Bill O'Brien has really saved the Houston Texans. Not only did he save us from a guy who might have been declining, as a matter of fact, but he also saved us a lot of money 
by trading away Jadavion Clowney. And we got back Jacob Martin in this deal. We just signed Zach Cunningham to a long-term deal. And Jadavion Clowney is still out there floating around waiting for a team to pick him up. And, John, before I give you the floor, I, I, I just have to compare these three players. Last year, Jadavion Clowney with the Seattle Seahawks. Now, the guy's still talented. And to me personally, I still wish he was still part of the Houston Texans. Like I keep saying, he was probably my third, fourth favorite player on this team when he was here. But I don't know if it was the system that he was in in Seattle, but he did not have a good year at all. And to be honest with you, and to be honest with you, Cunningham and Martin, they had a better year than him. Last year, Jadavion Clowney only recorded three sacks, 31 total tackles, and 13 quarterback hits. Zach Cunningham, two sacks. He recorded a AFC high, 140 tackles, and three quarterback hits. Jacob Martin, a guy who was in that trade for him and got hell of a lot less playing time, recorded three and a half sacks, 11 tackles, and seven quarterback hits. I find it funny that the guy that you got dealt for basically ended up, outside of tackles, basically, basically ended up with better numbers than him. And not only that, the guy that you basically been helping since your rookie season <laughs> outperformed you on the field. <laughs> Bill O'Brien, if you're running across this podcast, man, I am sorry. Yeah, you know how much Texans fans hate Bill O'Brien? I saw Texans fans under the YouTube comments when I went back to uh, review some of the things that were said in the press conference and just said, Bill O'Brien, why aren't you fired yet? That's the question. Outside of the DeAndre Hopkins trade, Bill O'Brien has done a hell of a good job building his team, man. He really has. And I know I might get killed for it, but he really has. And I think you really have to give credit where credit is due. His plan the entire time was to make sure that he has a stable, young core. Zach Cunningham is young. Deshaun Washington is young. You really have to give credit where credit is due. He knew his plan all along. Did not care about any outside buzz or noise. And honestly, Martin had more sacks than Jadavion Clowney last year. Though Jadavion Clowney did miss games, he did still play more snaps than Jacob Martin. Overall, I think his entire thought process going into last year, the same date, was to save money for this team and not put it into guys that, honestly, the money Jadavion Clowney was asking for, even as a franchise tag, with Jadavion Clowney agreed to play on last year before he was shipped out. If you look at what he did last year, you, you, you may say it's not worth it. And that's with Seattle. So he saved money in that area. I also believe Jadavion Clowney is one of the most Swiss Army knife type of players in this league, and I really do love his game. A lot of times it's not going to show up in the numbers, but it'll show out on that field. But last year we were all thinking the same thing. He's crazy. This guy won't make it to next year. Uh, he needs to be fired. He's ruining the team. I've heard a lot of people say I haven't been a Texan fan since last year on this date. 
but he got you your left tackle in the trade. He brought in Jacob Martin, who, you know, honestly, the sky is the limit for him right now. He has a lot of expectations, and I think that he will be able to meet some of those expectations. A very good rotational player on this defense who can have big games, big moments. Carlos Hyde, who is not here anymore, but he worked out last year for the Houston Texans run game tremendously. Had his first 1,000-yard rushing season. When you brought in Laramie Tunsil, you knocked down the uh, number of sacks allowed from the previous year by 20. You're keeping your quarterback upright. He got his deal, which he deserved it. But you also know your quarterback is the future. You need to protect him because you saw what happened to a lot of great quarterbacks in this league with injuries. What else can you ask for? And if next year around this time or around the time that we talk about the DeAndre Hopkins trade, I'm, I feel confident that we're going to look back and say, well, he knew what he was doing. Obviously, he knew what he was doing. He knew he couldn't pay DeAndre Hopkins and also give an extension to Zach Cunningham and also have money for Larry Tunsil and also have money for Deshaun Watson. Somebody had to lose. He knew that he wanted three young core players that are still getting better to go out there, get them locked in, get them signed, get that extension because – you can look at the guys that he had on his roster that was traded, like Jadavion Clowney, or even with DeAndre Hopkins, not to you know, go back to him because I know we're talking about last year, but you can kind of get the sense that he knew he already reached the peak with those players. Right? And that's kind of and that's kind of what happens a lot of times with great players. You know you've already did everything you could do with this guy. And it's time to let him go. And so that's what happened. Last year, we thought he was crazy. This year, thank you, Bill O'Brien, for pulling the trigger on that trade, getting that done, because now you really do have a real future with this franchise, because everybody feels like Larry Tunsil is going to take care of Deshaun Watson. And as long as he's upright and getting better, Houston has a fighting chance to make it to the Super Bowl. And with all that being said, that concludes another installment of Locked On Texans, your daily podcast covering your favorite football team every single day. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. I'm John, some sports guy Hickman. I'm so happy to be back and talk Texans with you guys. Listen, if you are having car issues, do not be afraid to look up rockauto.com. They got everything you need, and it comes right to your door. Nobody likes going out there and doing all of that extra stuff anymore. Standing in line, check out Rock Auto. Follow me on Twitter at Some Sports Guy. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans, and like the Facebook page as well, guys. Next Thursday we have a season, and listen. The funny thing about it is, if the season does not go on after that game, at least you saw your team play. <laughs> but. Until tomorrow, you guys stay safe, mask up, peace. You are Locked On Texans, your daily podcast on the Houston Texans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.